you love all things TV, you're in the right place. Each episode of Chatterbox explores the best programmes and movies on British telly and is brought to you by a trio of critics. I'm Sarah Morgan and I love everything from the retro hits of yesteryear to the current crop of hit dramas and sitcoms, as well as classic movies. Joining in the fun this week are Chris Daniel. Hi, I'm Chris. I I love watching lots of things on the TV, but some of the things you will never catch me watching include soaps, Channel 5 and talent shows. I'm Roger Crowe. I'm Roger Crowe, and many of the things that you will find me watching are soaps, talent shows, and uh, classic old Jerry Anderson series such as Thunderbirds and Captain Scarlet. This week we're talking about, well, we're supposed to be talking about new shows on um, week commencing 30th of November. However, this is what we usually call the pre-Christmas lull, mm. in that broadcasters don't really put out anything that's much caught. Could we name it pre-Christmas Dull? Yeah, absolutely. So here are some shows that are on, <laughs> really, rather than best new ones. Yeah, viewing pleasure. <laughs> yeah, you may or may not like them. It's up to you. So the first one, anyway, is the second part of Our Guy in Japan, which is on Channel 4 on Sunday at 9pm. Um, if you didn't see it last week, it's basically Guy Martin, that crazy Lincolnshire-based truck mechanic and racer yeah he, uh, he he's touring japan and visiting places that are probably slightly off the uh, usual tourist tour yeah mm. like um and this week he's sneaking into a love hotel oh, all right um, <laughs> nice work if you can get it um and he's he's visiting the illegal gambling dens and uh, the yakuza organized crime gang headquarters oh, that's a nice yeah so actually it is probably a bit more interesting than your average sort of travel log. I've got to say, Guy Martin can do a, a documentary about the phone book, and I'll watch it. He's just such a—he's so passionate about everything he does. He's very entertaining, yeah. actually. Isn't he? So even if you think, even if you're listening to that and thinking, "What are they talking about?" That sounds terrible. Yeah. Guy himself is entertaining enough to be able to he, to keep you hooked. Hundred percent. He's a, he's an absolute star, and uh, you know the fact he's got so many skills as well. He's just genuinely interested in everything. I think really. Yeah. So I'm I'm really glad that you know. Channel 4 are keeping him on air for whatever he's doing. Really. They're, they're definitely keeping him occupied at the yeah. minute. So I, I doubt that, you know, this is the second of a two-parter, but I can't see it being the last time we see him. So. No, I didn't even realise it was on last week, to be honest, because um, I tend to watch anything to do with Japan, because uh-huh. I just think it's a really fascinating country. Mm-hmm. And I'd quite like to go. And I know someone who used to work there as well. Um, absolutely loved it. I've got to say this, you know, it's a bit like blowing smoke, but um, uh, this podcast's really handy for me. <laughs> <laughs> the, the amount of shows that I don't even know are coming up or even on, which is my work. But uh, I watched that Joe Wilkinson thing we were talking about a few weeks ago, the Cockfield. Oh, Cockfield, yeah. It's generated many a titter, and um, it was great. Yeah. And it's like, oh yeah, that's even, that's on. I remember us talking about that. Well, so yeah, again, the Guy Martin thing, yeah. perfect. Absolutely. So that's uh, Our Guy in Japan on Sunday on Channel 4 at 9pm. And if, like Roger and Chris, you missed the first episode, that will be available on all four. Yeah, or didn't even know it was on. <laughs> <laughs> so this is new, um, the next thing that we're going to talk about. And this is on Channel 5 and it's across the week at, I think, 8pm. And it's a, a short season of um, documentaries, I suppose loosely tied together by Help the Animals, a, a charity that they're sort of backing at the moment. So it starts off with um, Steve Backshaw offering advice on what people can do to help hedgehogs oh, okay. during the winter season. But rather brilliantly, 
also on there is John Chalice, aka Boise He's presenting a do's and don'ts guide to hedgehogs because apparently he's got some kind of hedgehog hotel or hospital in his back garden. Okay. Which is perhaps not what you would think. He's got he's got a, he's got a stately pile, hasn't he? Yeah, in the, yeah, in the middle yeah, of somewhere yeah. where they shot green green grass, I think, back yeah. in the day. So anyway, if you're just a tiny corner of that, there's lots of hedgehogs. Oh, great. Okay, cool. Yeah. So other delights in this series, there's a couple of Yorkshire vet-themed programmes, one involving a donkey sanctuary, and another one in which the vets treat animals mentioned in the 12 days of Christmas. Right. I think that's slightly... Tenuous. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you couldn't hear my eyes roll, but they did yeah. roll. <laughs> you, you can't blame them for doing it, but even so. Yeah, it's a bit much. Yeah. Um, and also, the celebrity dogs behaving very badly on Thursday with uh, the pooches belonging to Michael Owen, Dennis Van Outen, and Russell Watson. But sadly, no, it's on a roofer's hand. No, sadly, no. <laughs> he should be presenting it. Yeah, he should they, shouldn't they? And then finally, on Friday, funniest ever pets at Christmas which again has got, it's just clips, it's what, exactly what you think, it's clips mm. and then celebrities going ha ha ha, isn't that hilarious? Right. Total cost, £2.50. £2.50, in yeah. that really. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's Help the Animals, which of course it, there is a very good cause behind yeah, it, definitely. so we should keep that in mind perhaps, rather than being very cynical, although yeah. it's difficult not to. I've been cynical though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, moving on, this is another but rather more serious programme, My Grandparents' War. The latest episode is uh, featuring Mark Rylands. That's on Wednesday on Channel 4 at 9pm. Um, Mark Rylands is apparently a peace campaigner as well as an actor, but he kind of reevaluates what he thinks about war in this episode, so it's a little, a little oh, bit okay. more serious than your average kind of episode of Who Do You Think You Are, which mm-hmm. is you know a similar-themed programme. Um, he's, he's looking into what his grandfather did during the Second World War. He was, a, he was actually a prisoner of war for four years um, with the Japanese. So really that would have been fun, wouldn't it? No, he, he was yeah. really lucky to survive because he's all, he'd also been shot just before being oh, right. taken uh, captive. So it does sound like a particularly interesting um, version of this, of this programme. Yeah. Um, and Mark Rylands is just phenomenal. Yeah, it? I was just going to say he's always good value for money, isn't he? Oh. Whatever he's on. I'm a bit yeah, obsessed yeah. with Bridge of Spies because I think I know he got the Oscar for it, but I mean, it's you know, if they could, if there's anything higher than an Oscar, uh, then he, I think he deserved it because it's one of the best performances I've ever seen. It's brilliant. I, I first saw him when I would have been about fourteen or fifteen, oh, right. and he was in an RSC production of Romeo and Juliet, oh, okay. uh, playing Romeo. Really? Um, at the Doncaster Dome. Oh, right. really? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah he was. Amazing. Yeah. So I, you know, then I didn't see him for Donkey's Years. Yeah. yeah. And then all of a sudden, he's like the biggest thing. Well, biggest I, character act, actor in the world. I think Spielberg was trying to get him in '88 for Empire of the Sun, mm-hmm. and that's how long he was trying to get Which him on Islands. Which would have been about yeah. the, the time, time that I saw him. Really. Yeah, and it wasn't until maybe 2015 that he finally got him for Bridge of Spies. Yeah, but he's a magnificent actor. He's just, well, it probably goes without saying. There was a really good edition of the South Bank show focusing on Mark Rylance, uh, which was really interesting. because oh, uh, I think he did work exclusively on stage, didn't he, for years and he years did. and years, and then yeah, yeah. like sales and. Who's in charge of the Globe Theatre for, yeah, yeah. for a yeah. long time? I mean, as wonderful as he is, I think he was a bit miscast in Ready Player One, but you know, it's still a fantastic uh, fest. And I love that film as well. Just should have got somebody else. Anyway, <laughs> that's by the by. Well, anyway, we're going to see an entirely different side of him in My Grandparents' War. That's on Channel 4 on Wednesday at 9 pm. 
Now we've got a couple, to round off this section, we've got a couple of on-demand highlights. Uh, the first one being The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, which is back for its third series on Amazon Prime from Friday. If you haven't seen this, it stars Rachel Brosnahan as Miriam Maisel, otherwise known as Midge, and she's um, a Jewish housewife in the sort of late 1950s, early 1960s. Um, and when she finds out that her husband, who wants to be a stand-up comedian, has been cheating on her, she decides to show him what for by actually going on stage herself. Mm -hmm. But she becomes very successful at it. And this third series follows her adventures, if you like, where she goes out on the road on, on tour with a, with a singer and with her manager. All oh, right. So I, it's, it's one of those series that's probably passed a few people by, mm -hmm. but it's been really, really critically acclaimed and it's won all sorts of... Yeah, because even like the uh, latest Amazon Fire Cube adverts at the moment, they are actually plugging that show mm. as part of that advert as well, aren't they? So yeah. they must be doing really well. Am Amazon own IMDb, don't they? I think. I think they maybe do. So that's why you get these endless pop up adverts for the show. I'm not saying it's not worth it. I mean, I've seen mm. some of it. My brother's obsessed with it. He loves it. And the cast's brilliant. Um, but uh, I just haven't managed to get around to it yet. No, I mean, either. Mm. I, I think, if anything, the title probably put me off. It made me think it might be a bit twee. It does sound like that, but I think that's kind of part of the thing about it, in that yeah. she starts off as this sort of slightly twee housewife and then mm. turns into something different, yeah. if you like. It's like, you know, about her transformation. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a show I'll probably get into once the hype's died down, because I'm a bit sort of fed up of the, uh, the saturation. Once, it, once it's been axed. Exactly. <laughs> then it becomes really yeah. interesting. Then you watch it, why yeah. did they yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. I can hardly even say it. <laughs> the season three premiere of that is on Amazon Prime on Friday. And then also on Friday is a very Scandi scandal, which is on all four. It's another one of their Water Presents yeah, okay. programs. Mm. So it's, uh, it is a Scandinavian series. Um, and it's, it's a comedy, really, a kind of a heist Thing, but the main protagonists are 60 something women <laughs> um, who are kind of down on the look financially. So one of them takes care of um, elderly people or ill people, and one of her clients tells her about this heist. Right. And he's, he's got all the plans for it a bank robbery, and it's completely foolproof. <laughs> and so her and her mate think, right, well, this is a way that we can get out of our financial woes. Okay. So they carry it out. That's basically it. I was hoping it stars Scandi feet, but probably not. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Just no. Just no. Right. Have you ever watched any of these Walter Presents series before? No. No, me neither. How about you, Rog? I saw a little bit of one only because uh, one of the actresses that was in Blade Runner 2049 was in it. Oh, right. It seemed very good, actually. Yeah. Um, but... Uh, I think the problem is it's always on at sort of 11 or 12 at night or something and you know if it's on more prime time like BBC4 shows on a yeah. Saturday I'd probably give it more credence and I think just the fact that you actually have to switch something on and log on to all four don't you it's not yeah. just an app on your yeah, TV or something like that if you're a free sat customer like I am the, it doesn't appear on the box okay. so you've got BBC's yeah. you've got ITV's you've got Channel 5 and several others but no Channel 4 no all four oh right yeah. okay so that makes it very difficult. So then I've got to watch it on a laptop or on a tablet, yeah. which is a bit irritating. Yeah. yeah, I know like the first world problems and everything, but it's just not as convenient as watching some of yours. It's not, you know. Is it? so that's this is why. it, isn't it? That's yeah. the problem. Be, you know, I'm sure I'm not the only person who's frustrated by that. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Probably all sorts of hidden gems on there which we're just not aware yeah, of. Yeah, absolutely. definitely. Mm. But 
If you do have easy access to all four slash world to present, then from Friday you can watch a very scandy scandal. Now the next bit, we're going to look at free-to-air films that are on week commencing 30th of November. And again, it's a bit of a... They're not, there isn't really a great selection, but I think I've managed to find the five best, mm. or at least the five most intriguing. Mm. So we'll kick it off with Groundhog Day. That's on Saturday on Sony Movies at 6.50pm. And I know this is a bit of a favourite of yours. I love it. Mine too. I absolutely love it. I remember seeing it when it first came out in 93, um, and it just blew me away. And I never realised how sort of important it would be, especially in the winter. There's just something about it that I have to watch it every winter without fail. And I, I went a couple of years uh, without seeing it, and then you come back to it and you, you see it with a fr- fresh pair of eyes and you realise how good it is. Yeah, and I, I watched it again last year, I think on Groundhog Day, because Sky mm. and everything don't know where on Groundhog Day they put it on one channel back after back after back, which is yeah, quite yeah. amazing in itself. Um, but it was the first time I'd watched it in a few years. I've forgotten just how charming it is it's as well, which you don't get a lot of films perfect. like that nowadays, do you? Not really. See, I don't really like it. Oh, <laughs> oh really? Wow. Yeah. I've, I've not seen it um, since when I was a student and we hired it on video, that's how long ago it is. Mm. Um, and I watched it and me and my mates just went, that's actually quite irritating. Oh, wow. <laughs> Amazing. I, I, I don't know whether, you know, with 20 odd years on, if I watched it now, I, I would change my mind about it. But at the time, I just thought, no, I can't. Oh, okay. uh, well, I'm a big Bill Murray fan anyway. Yeah. But um, even like Stephen Tobolowski. Yeah, oh, brilliant. Uh, Ned, Ned uh, Ryerson. Yeah, I, Ned I love that guy as well. I think he's fantastic. I noticed nobody's mentioning that. Nobody's saying, I, do you know what? I know, I know she no. gets a, a lot of flack, and this is probably one of her least irritating performances. <laughs> um, which is <laughs> damning, damning with fan praise. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, she's pretty harmless. The, um, I mean, I'm such a fan that I've even got the soundtrack. I'm probably the only person in the world that's got the CD soundtrack. Yeah, I didn't even know you could get yeah, it. Yeah, so no, no, you no. probably can't get it anymore. <laughs> uh, they probably burnt them all. But, uh, and I saw the musical as well when they sort of beta tested it in London, Tim Minchin's musical. And sadly, that seems to have vanished without a trace. And what's amazing about the musical, I didn't think it was going to work. And um, there's a sucker punch moment towards the end, which t- kind of turns things around a little bit. And I thought, they're never going to do that on stage. They're never going to get that same degree of uh, you know emotional heft. And they managed it as well. Right. And I thought, oh, this is going to be huge. And it vanished. That musical just dropped off the map. So I'm not sure if it was sort of doing the rounds, but... Uh, Going back to the film itself, I think for me it's up there with it. Uh, it's not obviously quite as good, but it's up there on a par with the wonderful life almost. No, it's not. And, uh, anyway. and, uh, well, <laughs> obviously, obviously, you're not going to be a fan, but you know, for what it does, really, I think it's, it's a brilliant, brilliant uh, film. Yeah, I absolutely love it. It's one of my favourite films. Uh, and if you get the chance, have a, obviously not you, uh, Sarah, but uh, have a listen <laughs> to the DVD commentary as well, which is fantastic. Really interesting. So that's Groundhog Day, that's on Saturday on Sony Movies at 6.50pm. And the next film is Groundhog Day. <laughs> no! Um, <laughs> the next film, however, is on twice that week, so there is a touch of that about it. It's Fatal Attraction, it's on, on Saturday on Channel 5 at 10pm, and then it's on again on Friday at 11.05pm. Um, I think we all pretty much know what this is yeah. about. A lawyer does the dirty on his wife and certainly lives to regret it because... Yeah. Uh, the lover comes back to make his life a misery. Yeah, really. it's uh, it's an absolute classic. It was um, was it nineteen eighty seven? I think I saw it in eighty eight. I remember seeing it one dark stormy night in uh, the sort of winter of eighty seven, eighty eight, after college, and some couple of mates were going. I thought, oh, yeah, I really can't be bothered with this, but 
I went along anyway, and it absolutely blew me away. It's fantastic. Isn't it's it? so it's, well it's, done. It still holds up really well I mean, today every, as well. Everybody goes on about the sex scenes yeah. and everything, but mm. actually, it's just a really good test, yeah. really. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Proper and it, chilling. Yeah, and yeah. it's uh, you know beautifully constructed. The guy that wrote it, James Deard, and um, I think it uh, it was expanded from his sort of short story or short film or whatever. Um, and yeah, it's got a real Hollywood ending, but um, you know the audience loves it in the same way that when the jaw, when the shark explodes in Jaws, mm. compared to what the original film was going to be, it has got that massive payoff of an ending. But um, you know, as much as I adore Glenn Close, so I think it's amazing that Michael Douglas would have gone off with her rather than, <laughs> than his actual wife. His actual wife, yeah, Anna Archer. Anna Archer, who's fantastic. Sickeningly gorgeous. Yeah. So yeah. And uh, you know. Lest we forget that this is the film that co- uh, turned the phrase "qualifies uh, bunny boy." Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and it's brilliantly directed by Adrian Lyne as well. Who um, it's one of his best films. Yeah, me. I think he tried to go down a similar route with Unfaithful. Um, yeah, in the 2000s with Diane Lane and Oliver Martinez. Exactly, and Gere, which wasn't as good as no. Fatal Attraction. It's fantastic. I think what really sort of underlines the fact that this is so good is all the films that the guys involved with it tried to make and tried to turn into hits and didn't work. Yeah. So James Dearden, who I mentioned earlier, uh, did a version, a remake of uh, Kiss Before Dying in 91, and that just fell apart, and that mm. didn't work, and then Line never really topped this, I don't think. But uh, look out for, I think, Fred Gwynn from The Monsters, mm. he's in it yeah, as well. Yeah, he is in it, yeah, I forgot about uh, that. Really, really good, but real edge-of-the-seat roller coaster. There is actually a scene in a roller coaster. Yeah, there, yeah, there is as well, yeah. Of a, did, of a thriller. Did either of you see the episode of Celebrity Gogglebox when they were watching it? Yeah. Yeah, it was there was a hilarious bit where um Toff and Stanley Johnson were watching it and she'd never seen it and Stanley had but he'd not seen it for a long time. Yeah. Going, oh yes, yes, it's very very amusing, very very good, very tense. And then the sex scenes come out and yeah. he's, he's so embarrassed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> really, yeah. And he's all he's all, Oh, I don't remember this. Oh no, I don't know about all this. <laughs> it's great. I mean, uh, what I really like about Adrian Lyne is he gets a sort of naturalism in there, so it doesn't feel like it's uh, you know a constructed thriller. Yeah, there's a sort of real naturalism between um, Michael Douglas and his family, so it actually feels like everyday stuff, you know, which I really really like. Michael I Douglas in this is really good as well. well in the eighties and early nineties, he was fantastic. Yeah, I was just going to say, I, I think Michael Douglas is a really underrated. Yeah, actor. yeah, yeah. I'm a really big Michael. Hundred percent. Me too. Yeah. I think he's great, and and yeah, this is one of his best performances. Yeah, mm-hmm. without a doubt. And uh, you know, the original ending for this, without giving anything away, was going to be a lot more low key, and would have been a bit dull. Mm-hmm. So in a way, that's because the audience response was so the other way we want this to be more of an explosion if you like of drama yeah and I think it definitely worked in their favour mm. but uh, yeah fantastic film okay so that's Fatal Attraction that's on Saturday on Channel 5 at 10pm and then again on Friday at 11.05pm and then moving on I think this is a big favourite of both mine and Roger's and it's Local Hero it's yeah. on Sunday on Film 4 at 2.30pm Masterpiece it is indeed if you haven't seen it it's about an American oil company rep and he goes to Scotland to basically buy a village because his company thinks he can make a lot of money from the oil reserves there but instead he kind of falls in love with the place and the weird and wonderful characters that live there Um, and it's also one of the final films of Burt Lancaster Mm. he plays the oil rep's boss and he turns up and he's it's just uh, everything about it really really works yeah it's lovely it's one of those sort of whimsical films that you think that they don't make anymore mm. I suppose they, you know if, if this film had been made in say 1940 
you wouldn't have been surprised. Yeah. It could easily, it could fit in any era. Yeah. And it's got uh, one of the first uh, film appearances from Peter Capaldi, hasn't it? Yes, it has, yeah. Which is great. Is it, is, oh no, she, Jenny Seagrove. Has Jenny got, Seagrove. Uh, she's got webbed feet in it. <laughs> <laughs> And there's uh, the guy riding around the um, town on the motorbike. He's actually John Gordon Sinclair from Gregory's mm. Girl. Yeah. And I don't think he ever takes his helmet off. No, he does. Oh, no, he's in does a he? scene. He's in a scene. There, there's a concert and he's playing drums. Right. Okay. But that's the only little bit you actually ah. you can tell it's him. And it's uh, Dennis Lawson as well, isn't it? He's Dennis Lawson's good. great in it. Yeah. It's Peter Rygart. Peter Rygart. He's probably the least familiar, yeah. familiar member of the cast. Yeah, and um, the Fulton. soundtrack by Mark Knopfler, fantastic. Yeah. Um, and Fulton Mackay from Pledge, uh, oh, he's also in it as sort of a beachcomber. Yeah. I don't want to say what he is, really. Because <laughs> he'll give it all away. There's a lovely little uh, ad-lib scene as well when he's got a handful of sand and a few grains dropped through, and that's all ad-libbed, that little scene. And it's just those little moments where you just go, it doesn't get much better than this, really. It's uh, one of the greatest British films ever made. It really is. And then if you if you have only ever seen Fulton Mackay and Porridge, you're going to get the shock from this because you you, you really realise actually what a good actor he was yeah. when you watch this. And there have been certain parallels with a certain sort of ginger uh, potus in recent years that I know that Bill Forsyth was uh, included in the film You've Been Trumped, um, which is really weird the way that there have been certain parallels with Trump building a golf course in Scotland and mm. you know the locals up in arms about it. So it's uh, you know it's, it's taken on a life of its own really. But uh, yeah, if you only see one film this week, apart from you as we've mentioned, <laughs> <laughs> make that three films. Because I've not actually seen this film, and really? when, when I saw the name of it on the list of films we're going to talk about, I thought, don't know what that is. But then as soon as you start describing it, I was like, oh yeah, I know what you're talking oh, you about. Never yeah. seen it, but I know of it, and I know it is very highly regarded. It, as well. It's a wonderful film, Chris. Mm-hmm. And, the, and the photography is great as well. I think Chris Menges did a brilliant job. There's a shot of a helicopter arriving at either sunrise or sunset, I'm not sure which, and it's just beautifully put together. So that's Local Hero, and that's on Sunday on Film 4 at 2.30pm. Now the next one is a film I haven't seen, it's called The Programme, it's on Sunday on BBC Two at 11pm. Um, it's a terrestrial TV premiere, it's about Lance Armstrong, or really uh, it's yeah. about the efforts to expose the truth about right. Lance Armstrong, mm-hmm. so, it's based, so it is based on a true story. Ben Foster plays him and Chris O'Dowd plays the reporter, who's yeah. sort of, he knows what's going on and mm. he's trying to get the facts behind it all. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's one of those things I heard about when it came out a couple of years ago, and I heard some interviews and all the rest of it, and thought, you know, that sounds quite interesting, and then never saw it. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think it was very big at the cinemas. Mm. Um, I know you've got mixed feelings about it, haven't you? Yeah, just because I know quite a lot about the Lance Armstrong saga. Uh, I mean, I, I used to be a huge fan of Lance Armstrong before mm. anyone knew that he was cheating with drugs. Yeah, and obviously, you know, he won seven tours to France and. I think because he was a cancer survivor as well, mm. a lot of people felt sympathy for him. Yeah. So then when he was being accused, and it was pretty much just one journalist at the time who was accusing him mm. as well of taking drugs, and you know, he came out and denied everyone thought, you know, he was being picked on kind of thing, and everyone was very defensive of Lance Armstrong. So then when it did come out that he had been taking drugs for all these mm. years, and there was such a programme involved where he was, you know, all of his um, fellow riders were having to take the same sort of drugs that he was as well to help propel yeah. him along in the peloton. Um, so that was quite shocking. So I, I've seen and read a lot about these. I've read probably about half a dozen different books all about what actually went on. Um, I've seen a few different documentaries, one by Alex Gibney, yeah, uh, which right, is really, okay. really good as well. So um, because 
I know that whenever they make a scripted drama of something like this, they do have to be a bit fast and loose with the facts, mm. only just to make it a bit more entertaining and yeah. help move the story along a bit more. So that's why I've avoided it, if anything, because I, I get the feeling I would sit there, knowing as much as I do about this, I would sit there and think, oh, that didn't really happen, or they've changed that kind yeah. of thing. Or that but, happened at a different time. Exactly, yeah. and so that would just annoy me and then take me out of the film. So, But I think if you're not too aware of what actually happened yeah. in the ins and outs of it all, then this probably is going to be quite good because Ben Watson is a very good actor and just from the trailers Foster. alone... Foster, sorry, Ben, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Ben Watson, yeah, Ben Foster. Um, and just from the trailers, it looked as though he was going to have a very good performance in it, so mm. I think that would make it worth watching. It doesn't help that it's got a really boring generic title, does it? Well, no, exactly, because, again, at first, when I saw the name of the film, I just thought, I don't know what that is. And then, oh, I yeah, must see the, so must see the pro- I was like, oh, right, of course, yeah, I know what that is. Exactly. <laughs> I must see the programme. Yeah, now, I don't actually know whether it's taken directly from the journalist book, but if you do watch this and you want to know more, then I highly recommend reading Seven Deadly Sins My Pursuit of Lance Armstrong by David Walsh. Okay. Right. Uh, it's an absolutely riveting book. Uh, that was the first one I read on it. Um, and there is another book as well worth reading, uh, The Race to Truth by Emma O'Reilly. She was like his, a team masseuse. Okay. Thing, and her husband, I think, was riding in the same team as Lance Armstrong. Right. And she was actually present in the hospital when he was getting his cancer treatment and they had to ask him, you know, what are you taking? And he did actually say then, I'm taking these drugs. Yeah. And then it was after that when he was denying it and she came out and said, oh no, I was there in the hospital, I knew exactly what was happening kind of thing. Um, and there was all sorts of court cases and he pretty much ruined her life by denying it all and saying that she was a liar and you know she's jealous and all that type yeah. of thing as well. Right, right. So I would have thought part of that might be in this film as well. So mm. yeah, probably if you want to know more, watch this film and then, and then a bit of wider reading. Yeah. Do you know what they should have called it? A Vicious Cycle. A vicious cycle. It would have been. That would have been so much better much than the better. program. <laughs> so much better. Yeah. So anyway, for now, it's called the program, and it's on Sunday on BBC Two at eleven pm. And last but not least, this being the Chatterbox podcast, we do of course have to have something from Talking Pictures. Naturally. Um, Obviously. So again, as we mentioned a couple of weeks ago, their ten pm slot on a Friday night is turning into Hammer time. <laughs> uh, <because> Stop. <laughs> Because they've got another Hammer film on, and this time it's Scars of Dracula, which I am a huge fan of, of Hammer's horror output. It, but this is not one of my favourites, I've got to say, but it is a little bit of a curiosity piece, so I do think it's worth watching. It's the last of Hammer's Victorian set Dracula movies right. before they went all kind of hip, okay. <laughs> in inverted commas. AD um, 1972 yeah, and all Satanic Rise, which were, at the time, set in the modern day. But this one, it's got Christopher Lee in it, of course, as the Count. Um, but brilliantly, it's also got Dennis Waterman in it. Oh, brilliant. Um, he's, <laughs> he's kind of the hero and he's hunting the Count down because he's uh, the Count down. Yeah. Um, because he's uh, got his brother ensconced in his castle. Right, right. Uh, also in it is Jenny Hanley. Brilliant. Who some people will remember from Magpie. Magpie. Before your time, Chris. Glaze Gla- look. That's fine. Don't worry about it. And also, just after he stopped being Doctor Who, Patrick Troughton. Ah, right. He plays um, the Count's kind of lackey, I suppose, if you want a better description. Does this involve some sort of thornbush? Or am no, I thinking that's of Satanic Rites. Right, there you go. Satanic Rites. There you go. Okay. In which case, if I have seen this, it was 30 odd years ago, so I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to this. Um, but it's this got a, a really 
bad bit of special effects at the end. Oh, okay. Does it involve the kind of wax face mm. that's melting, yeah. a bit melty? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, another one. Do the fingers sort of mm. melt a bit? In which sure. case, it is about 30 years since I've seen it. And However, I mean, I know, you know, it's supposed to be the best films, and I'm going, oh, yeah, it's not supposed Yeah, but no, that's but the, yeah, but no, but that's the, uh, <laughs> it's a product of its time, and, and it yeah. Is, yeah. in those days when they were making everything for like five quid. Uh, they just did the best they could, so but it didn't really matter. Actually, even with modern special so effects, if you watch a film from like five, ten yeah. years ago, you can look at a film and think, oh, God, that's quite a bit, isn't it? That looks a bit uh, rubbish. I mean, I mean, you've got to also remember that it wasn't meant to be watched in 4K, HD, yeah, exactly. on no. 50-inch TV. It was, it was yeah. all sort of low-res, wasn't it, where you could yeah. get away with murder. Uh, and that's why sort of black and white episodes of whatever look so great. And, uh, you know, you watch me and Colin, you go, oh, this looks a bit rough. But uh, yeah, no, that should be good. Look forward to that. Yeah, it's a bit of interest anyway for anybody who's sort of a bit of a horror fan. Would that be on just after Hazel? It would be on oh, just after fantastic. Hazel. Yeah, so when you watch that episode, you'll be able to stay tuned and watch Scars and No, Scars. no need to change the channel at all, really. No, no Although, uh, you know, I have been watching The Crown religiously over the last few days, so uh, it'd be nice to actually get back to normal telly. I'd be watching Cat Weasel. But oh, yeah. <laughs> Understandable. Great teller. Great teller. So that's Scars of Dracula. That's on Friday. I'm talking pictures at 10 pm. Excellent. And that's it for this week. So you have been listening to Sarah Morgan, Chris Daniel, and Roger Crow. Bye. 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 Bye.